0: for the country. I'm Ken Cregan. That's Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's Nick Robles, isn't it? It is. And Casey Tickle Monster Allen got to sit down and chat with <laughs> artist extraordinaire Nick Robles about him and G. Willow Wilson taking over the dreaming. His process about how to pronounce his last name, which if you read the transcript, which I fixed it, originally it, had, uh, it did not translate as Nick Robles, translated as a word we can't say. And... Um, yeah, it was a, it's a lot of fun. It's a, really, it's a really good episode. That must be a really bad word, because we say it all in here. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a word that we're not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Those automatic transcriptions. Right. And I think we it could... had to do with, with one with Casey's accent. Like, the way he said it is yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right, well, Nick has done quite a bit, right? He talks about DC, Marvel, and in a lot of his process. Oh, he's worked with you know, he's worked with, uh, with with Boom Studios and Image Top Cow. I mean, the guy's all over the place. Nice. Well, let's sit back and listen to uh, Nick Robles and his own words.
1: All right, everybody, welcome again to another episode of Spoiler Country. My name is Casey Allen, and today I am talking to Nick Robles. We normally talk to you know stuffy writer types and people that you know just talk about boring stuff we're talking to an artist today and I cannot wait because it's not really something we get a chance to get into and I really want to know about the craft and how one becomes an artist coming out of small town Louisiana especially for you know some of the major comic companies I'm really excited to talk Nick how you doing man? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good, man. So, yeah. Nick, you, your art is pretty amazing. Well, thank um, you. How did you get started? In comics, especially. Oh, man.
2: So, I didn't grow up reading them so much. I, I'm, I'm the weird one who... last for back. me. <laughs> I know. Um, but I, I grew up on the cartoons like Batman the Animated Series and the X-Men. Those are my comic origins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I've always done art, and I I kind of expected to go into some kind of fantasy painting or illustration work, and I I just posted my work online, and I was on DeviantArt, which is something I haven't been active on for a while, but...
1: I (laughs) I actually came across your DeviantArt account today. Oh, no. (laughs) Please forget everything you saw. No, it was was great. (laughs) It was great. I... (laughs) I used to look for artists on there Mm -hmm. and it was so, it's such a weird community. Mm -hmm. And and if I didn't have to see another like sexy anthropomorphic turtle for the rest of my life, I'd be very happy. (laughs) So, and to, to be clear that that's not on any of (laughs) Nick's artwork that I saw, (laughs) that I saw. That you saw? Yeah, so, so, Nick, but, time for you to come clean about those sexy anthropomorphic turtles. It's that TMT. <laughs> Actually, they're tortoises and uh, the plural of tur- tortoise Or, Sorry, I'm an Are idiot. I, no, you're fine.
2: <laughs> De- DeviantArt has a good selection, though. <laughs> no, but it's funny you said that because an editor from Boom was looking through DeviantArt and she emailed me after seeing my work and asked if I'd like to try out for a comic. And I didn't have any comic um, pages or selections in my gallery, but I was in one of those moods where I was just like, you know what? Let's try it. Let's, let's do something different. I never thought I, could, <laughs> never thought I could do it. Comics seemed like that thing that was just way out of my league, and I had no idea how people did that on a schedule or just for fun because it was so much work but but i said yeah okay i'll i'll do this little audition for a page and then she loops me in and it's for Clockwork Angels and the writer is Kevin J Anderson and Neil Peart of Rush the band yes and yes so i was like oh oh <laughs> this little yes turned into something just a little bigger than i was expecting
1: so how much how much influence did did Neil Peart have on on clockwork angels
2: he was big into it and he 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 and kevin wrote it together and well it was <gasps> based off of neil's lyrics for the album clockwork angels and they built a story out of that and so i i got to email with neil and kevin pretty frequently and he was into it and he just such a good person and he was so passionate about everything i'm so really just blown away that I got to work with him and just there, there rushes a little before my time, but just, I love the, the album and just whenever it comes on, just blown away that I got to contribute to that in some little part, some little cog in that big clockwork world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, pour one out for your dude because he, yeah. he left us just, just last year, I think, yeah. right. Or was uh, it earlier Even this more year? recent yeah um, yeah fantastic was... drummer, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, so wow, that must have been pretty cool talking to a music legend, and yeah ah oh, man, that's crazy it, uh, it was wild, so I guess you should you know set up your your art station like Neil pert, just you know three sixty have a swivel chair. You
2: can... <laughs> I, I'm almost there. I, I've got two tables around me right now.
1: <laughs> so, so going from that experience, where where you you literally had you know you had your art experience, and, and did you have an art like a a formal art education, or no. was it
2: just? No, I'm all self-taught and just picking up stuff from friends and online and <laughs> building from there.
1: That, yeah. That's amazing uh, because <laughs> you obviously know what you're doing. I, I like people to think that. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> no. so what, what was the biggest thing that you learned from going from a guy that posts art on DeviantArt to uh, I'm doing a comic? Like like what's one thing that you're just like, oh, holy crap.
2: You know, it, it's still wild that I just made that exchange or switch from. Posting there to making a career out of this, because it it was gonna be a hard thing to do. And even just recently I I did some work for Wizards of the Coast. And that that was like one of my big time goals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was one of my big things I wanted to do years ago. And then I I I walked somewhere and fell into the comic pool. And then I kind of fell in love with doing that and found out, oh, I'm I'm actually pretty good at this. I can do this. And people like me doing this. So I I kept doing that. And that's so not the path I had picked out
1: for myself. (laughs) It's So what were you doing prior to you becoming a a professional comics person? I I
2: was trying to be a professional (laughs) artist or something. Yeah, just mostly doing commissions and freelance work with art. But it wasn't It wasn't frequent or big enough work that you could call it a a career. It is just making money where I could while I was home and stuff. And then just connected the dots until that
1: comic opportunity came around. It's man, I'm looking at your artwork right now. It's just fantastic stuff. And it's no wonder that somebody had the the inspiration to go like, oh yeah, this guy, we need this guy. So, <laughs> so you went from from mechanical angels, at, or excuse me, clockwork angels at Boom, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you you got to you've done a, a ton of stuff for, with Boom. Uh, yeah. How was your experience working at Boom? Because you, you did a lot of like stuff make, based off of like movie IP and Power Rangers and stuff like that, which how how was that experience working with the the existing ips like that
2: it was great i i've loved working with boom it's always a different experience when you go from the, the stuff that's based on movie ips and more what's what's called creator own stuff it's it's a whole different brand but most of that is just with the movie stuff it's a lot of waiting for approvals which it's isn't my favorite thing because staying on a schedule when it's when you don't have those approvals is stress stress enough, but then you have to wait for those things to go past actors and all
1: I was about to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah, because I understand that like the for instance, like the Buffy comic, they have to each actor depicted in that comic had to approve their likeness. Yeah. In the book.
2: That's wild. I remember when I did the Maze Runner comic they sent me it was before the movie even came out and i got production photos of the whole cast and like turnarounds of their characters and my name was like plastered all over them just in case i leaked it or something <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was really cool just to have that reference i i wish all my comic projects had 360 turns of characters <laughs> <laughs> i guess i could make that myself if i found went and hired models and did costumes?
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I see you did like the covers for the Big Trouble in Little China and Escape from New York. Which, oh my gosh, Kurt Russell is a man, anyway. So that was that, that was so pretty. much fun. Yeah, and, that one that one was for Luke
2: Crate. It, it, Loot Crate and Boom collaborated on that, I believe.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy. Like all these variant covers that are by like I guess boutique. Publishers or whatever, I guess that's how you would say that is. Like Loot Crate's their own little monthly subscription service. Mm-hmm. But you, you've you been working on a comic with Teeny Howard, the Euthanauts. Yeah. yeah, that was... Oh. Um, sorry, did I cut you off? Oh, no, no, no. no. Okay. Uh, how how yeah. was that?
2: That was amazing. That was one of my first big-time creator-owned things that I got to contribute and just work... Very closely with Teeny and our editor. Oh gosh, was it 2018 that we did that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, it seems just like yesterday.
1: <laughs> she seems like she would be a, like a rad chick. She's amazing. I miss working with her. <laughs> and so, how did that? How did that project come about? Because you, you co-created it with her. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming you had a, a fair amount of input on the story and. Characters and whatnot. So how, how was that? How did that come about?
2: That one came about where, when I did fan art for another comic for uh, Black Crown. Their book, Kid Lobotomy. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Peter Milligan and Tess Fowler. I, d- I did fan art of that character and te- or not teed- Tess Fowler. Tess showed it to the editor, Shelly Bond. And she saw what I did and that kind of connected my name to her. And then she knew I was looking for some work and she had a script called Euthanauts in the, in the bin or not the bin. That's a negative term (laughs) in in her future projects. And she thought I'd be a good pick. And that's kind of just how we connected. And I I got to help
1: build Euthanauts. That's awesome. And so you, you go from that, you, you did, the infinite dark covers you did, mm-hmm. Doctor Mirage. H- how has that been working for Valiant? And I guess that's still ongoing, correct? Doctor Mirage. Yes. Oh right, we
2: did our own volume and it wrapped up. Oh, so, cool. Okay. But I, th- I think there's there. It's one of those stories where there's room for more if you want to go back to it, which I think is a great thing for comics. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, a, a full story is fine, and it. I mean, it's better than fine. A full story is great, but sometimes with more serial work, or I guess that's what you would call it, le- leaving room for other writers or or the same writer or the same team to come back and continue. That, that's that's great too.
1: Do you hope to get another another shot at that character?
2: Sure. I mean, I'm I'm in dreaming right now, then th- this. I I don't want to leave the dreaming right now.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. And I totally want to talk about that because those, of course the Neil Gaiman Sandman series and you know, all the books that came with it in the, in the nineties was Mm -hmm. huge for me as a comic reader, as a, there are books that you kind of come across at the right time in your life Mm -hmm. and you go, Uh, maybe it wouldn't have been impact as as impactful had you have been a little bit older, a little bit younger, you know, you come across it right at the right time. And uh, when I was in my, I just turned 21, I was working for a moving company. And so, you know, 16 hours a day. Working my butt off in the sun, mm-hmm. <laughs> moving furniture, you know, getting beat up from, you know, stuff falling on my head and whatnot. <laughs> it's a very dangerous shop sometimes. But just down the road, there was a um, comic book shop. And I just kind of poked my head in there one day and I. Ended up by I ended up eventually buying the entire like run of Sandman. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it it was it was so. I remember driving by that comic shop, and there would be larpers in the parking lot at you know I think it was like every Wednesday night at (laughs) at like seven p.m. They would be over there, and uh, (laughs) we had to pass by there in our our moving trucks on the way back to the office and some of the, it was almost like high school jocks that same mentality they'd like drive by and go like nerds mm-hmm. and i would go like huh? i know those guys are kind of nice actually <laughs> just, just kind
2: of half-heartedly <laughs> joining in that
1: yeah yeah I mean, oh. <laughs> what am I talking about? They're awesome. Nerds, <laughs> LARP. No, <Nah>, i I've it <laughs> sounds like it'd be kind of fun. I've never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. I do not. I, I think that would be a lot of time investment to play games like that.
2: Yeah, I can only imagine just doing a bit of tabletop gaming and all that can go into that. I can't imagine how much goes into LARPing.
1: I know we played kid Monopoly with my five-year-old and nine-year-old the other day, and it took forever. So I can't imagine. It's Monopoly. Of course it does. My, my five-year-old ended up flipping the board and just, (laughs) (laughs) if she knew any bad words, she probably would have told them. Monopoly's going to teach her. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. The board games at that age, that's like first taste of heartbreak. (laughs) Especially, you know, we're like stuck in the house all day now. Yeah. So uh, playing a lot of board games lately. Mm-hmm. Life near n- life nearly broke us. <laughs> 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 but so how did you end up on the the dreaming?
2: Oh, I was at Emerald City Comic-Con.
1: This and not this past one, because this year. past one did not happen. They did uh, the right thing and like Buy those folks a here because they made an incredibly tough decision.
2: Yeah, and they really fought to keep it open somehow and keep it happening. But yeah, it's it's a chaotic time right now. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the previous Emerald City, uh, an editor, Chris Conroy from DC, came up to me at my table in Artist Alley. And I, I wasn't expecting him. And <laughs> he just kind of. Came by and introduced himself. and Came in like the Inquisition. <laughs> I, I knew who he was from Twitter, and he just hands me his card, and we chatted for a minute, and he's asked me about maybe working on the Dreaming in the future. And I, I looked over my shoulder and made sure he had the right table. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and, of course, I said, yeah, of course. I, Sandman is one of those comics that, I I didn't grow up reading, but it's one that's, it's been read at some point in my life where I can go back to teenage years and know that I read parts of it. And uh, yeah, he asked me and I was like, for sure. I knew that's, that would be a great fit for me. And uh, I, I I was working on Dr. Mirage at that point, but uh, yeah, I was, I was, I wasn't sure it was going to happen because it was going to be a, maybe in the future thing. And you never know how things are going to land. And I was still in disbelief. (laughs) But yeah, uh, yeah, I just kind of went on with my work. I I got to explore styles and just get really weird with Dr. Mirage. And I had a ton of fun just uh, tweaking my style and making it extra weird. And I always, uh, excuse me, I always appreciate it when editors let me just kind of stray from a clean line look to my work i think it really opens up the doors i, I got to start that with euthanauts and then i just kind of kept going with it through dr mirage so i i finished dr mirage up and it, it almost lines up perfectly where chris emailed me i was like hey so it's I, I had you down for like a one issue thing but how would you feel about kind of stepping in for more and then i, I was i was out of work or so I I finished up Dr. Raj. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to step in. And I, it was just easy. I kind of just stepped into what we were doing or what we're doing right now.
1: That's, that's wild, man. Yeah. There
2: was a little gap in between starting it. I I just, I'm recalling because I got to do a little, uh, a little Superman short in between, which Again, I've never worked for DC, so getting to do a little Superman short and then the dreaming, um, just just give me those small potato jobs.
1: <laughs> I know, right?
2: <laughs> just, I, I've never worked for DC. I don't know too many people there, and just sure, I'll I'll
1: draw Superman and the dreaming for you. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> It's man, you, you're really getting to work with some amazing creators. I mean, G Willow Wilson is a fantastic writer mm-hmm. and super creative. And you, you're going to a, from what I understand, you're going to a really dark place in this series. Can you expand on that a little bit?
2: Just partially. Well, our one of our main characters is a nightmare. He's he's he he's created to be that and uh, his name is ruin and we have posted some concept art of him and soon there should be uh, no actually there is the the double page spread came out but uh, yeah ruin is a nightmare and he's one of our main characters and just following a nightmare seems like it would be really dark and heavy but uh, he's (laughs) he's he's, he doesn't want to be a nightmare He, he it's it's why i love that character so much it's he he's not he he didn't become a nightmare he was made a nightmare, and then to have that character go against all that and fall in love, which is a big part of his character, I that that hooked me instantly from what I had learned when we were just starting. Just a nightmare falls in love. <laughs> what what can you not like about that?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a cool that's a cool tease for the story. I can't mm-hmm. seriously super stoked about ordering this from my comic shop. It it looks like a fantastic book and I haven't really haven't skipped any of the the Sandman stuff yet. Uh don't plan on it. So mm-hmm. really stoked about this one.
2: Yeah, I've been um, wanting to catch up with everything. I've only followed the Dreaming so far. Just uh, I don't know. I, I, Nick, I'm, I'm disappointed in you, but I know. I know. <laughs> so, I, I'm um, horrible about keeping up with stuff. I just, I want to read them. I just, I'm drawing them right now. It,
1: it, yeah, and you guys, y'all work your butts off for these comics. <laughs> so, I'm sure the last thing you want to do when you have some free time is to sit down and read some more comics. Yeah, that
2: that's part of it. And then... I'll find
1: myself flipping through something
2: or just looking for some inspiration in another comic book. And I'll just find myself enjoying reading the comic. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is why I draw this. This is, this is the love that kind of captured me into this industry and just this craft. So it's, it's a weird vibe to just, you you don't want to go look at more panels at that moment, but then you find yourself just enraptured in it and, it's it's the best when you get lost in it.
1: That's that's awesome. So <laughs> what do you do when you're not creating comics, when you're not doing art, when you're not drawing sexy nightcrawler, <laughs> making people feel some kind of way about some dude with the some blue some, dude with the tail. Some some way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that, that's such a weird tangent I Got cut off drawing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at your art as I go through. I was like, man, that is that's a very handsome looking nightcrawler there.
2: <laughs> oh, Marvel swimsuit fan edition started a little subdivision of art that I create now. <laughs> it's man. fun. We, we everyone enjoys it. <laughs> Oh man! But aside from that, I I, I enjoy video games. I, I I keep trying to get some more audiobooks, but I have a horrible talent of tuning out stuff when I'm listening to it or drawing or while drawing. <laughs> but yeah, just I'm usually creating comics most of the time. I hear you. I'm not. But yeah, I play video games here and there, and if I I if I find a book. <laughs> to read that i actually make time for that's always fun because if i get reading i'm always thinking i could be at the table drawing or something
1: (laughs) so you you guilt yourself into getting back to the table that is a horrible truth (laughs) man yeah yeah i i try to write and i'm working on a a comic with with an artist friend of mine and it's awesome it it, it is it, the artist that I'm working with is way more talented than I am as a writer. So <laughs> I feel like the dog that finally caught the bumper and I don't know what the hell to do, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I have to kind of justify to myself, like, Oh, I, sh- I should be writing right now, but I really want to read this book and I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, well, you kind of have to, see other examples of writing in order to make yours better. And, you know, you can't just be about work, 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 or you won't have anything to base your own experiences off of. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that's my shitty, terrible justification for it.
2: (laughs) No, it's, it's like filling up the inspirational well to dip from. Exactly. If it goes dry, dry, you end up in what everyone fears, just a block. And that's the only way I can put it that makes sense for me when, when you're, when your inspiration runs dry, it's, and then the other part of my brain will come in and just be like, inspiration has to find you working, Nick, you got to work anyway. <laughs> then I, then I just spiral into this horrible place until I, I, I got to find myself lost in the work or something.
1: And it seems like you guys, that's almost like the the difference between like an artist and a draftsman because an artist is somebody who works off of inspiration, just pure inspiration 24-7 and a draftsman is somebody that that's their job. They go in, their job is to draw, they do their job and clock out at the end of the day. And you guys kind of have to walk that tightrope because it's not all art or uh, inspiration. Yeah. That's, I'm sure some days you, the last thing you want to do is draw another dude in a panel.
2: Yeah. And then, currently, yeah. uh, like with everything going on right now, it's been really hard to manage that too. But it's, that's, that's been something that's been on my mind a lot lately, just because I get wondering about some artists, if they're more draftsmen or more inspirational fu- fueled. And I, then I get wondering about myself and I, I'm not fooling myself. I know I'm better when I'm inspired. And I mean, everyone can be, or I mean, everyone is better when they're inspired, but you have these, some artists can just do like the the nine to five, just since that's the classic number. And I'm very much just hammering at the computer when I'm all day long, hoping I can mine out those bits of, Inspiration, where I'll lose, lose myself in the work and just make a few hours disappear while I'm working on it. I, I've never been one to uh, oh, I'm getting up at this time and then I'm going to work until lunch. Take an hour. Da, 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 I, I'm <clears throat> excuse me. I'm very much a uh, work around the clock, and if I get interrupted, I get inter- interrupted. I I'll get back to it as soon as I can. It's it's probably not the healthiest. W- schedule but it's just what i always find myself doing so i i I try to make that work
1: i think you're in a in in the majority with in regards to how other creators do it i hope so i hope i'm not some weirdo (laughs) that
2: just can't focus like professionals
1: well I, i asked kelly thompson like how she achieves like what What's a a tip for her to you know for people to achieve the work life balance? And she just mm-hmm. kind of went, <laughs> <laughs> and like behind the laugh, you could kind of see a little bit of sadness. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> that, that's impossible. You, you, you probe too far into the art. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, I it's you know I think also at the same time it's like it's what she wants to do. Yeah, and so if if you're doing your dream job, then it, I'm sure it's a, it's an easier pill to swallow than somebody who's like, you know, not a hundred percent committed or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, for a second, I thought you were going to pull out the old. If you're if you're
2: doing your dream, your if you're doing your dream job, you never work a day in your life. Oh, that's horseshit, just, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard that this past Christmas or something, and it just stayed with me because it wasn't like a close family member, and it was just somebody that found out that I was an artist and I drew comics for a living, and so they dropped that, and I just, no,
1: no, sir, (laughs) no. You just look at the calendar with the deadline like two days away, and you're like, "Eh, (laughs) I'm in hell actually right now. (laughs) I'm still looking at deadlines, sir. (laughs) (laughs) So what, is, when do you start like on, on your day, on your daily routine? Like, you know, I, Nick I Robles used, wakes up and,
2: and what happens? He he gets coffee and then he usually checks Twitter for a minute, which I need to stop doing so much. And then I just get to work and this it's, it's, it's not interesting, but I mean, I mean, the work is interesting. my, Daily schedule is not interesting. <laughs> I, I just I, I get to work as soon as as fast as I can, and I find that I work better in the mornings. I, I feel like everything's a little more quiet if I get up early, and if I stay up really late, it helps. I, I, I just feel like the world is a little quieter then, and it allows me to focus more. So I I, I used to do the night owl schedule a lot, but that's not really functional for everything. So I can yeah. do that. So, yeah, I, I try to get up early as I can and just get to work. And that's, I, I hope I can ride a, an inspiration wave, I guess we'll call it.
1: I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And like the night owls thing is, it's not really conducive to having anyone else in your life. If, if yeah. you want somebody else in your life,
2: Mm-hmm. So, especially with comics, because you're working on like a single issue is five, six weeks of work on single issue. And it's rare you're going to do a single issue. You're going to do a a mini series of five or six issues or even longer because, you know, we got to keep that work coming in. So if you get on a night owl schedule with that kind of work schedule, you're you're not going (laughs) to see anybody and or unless you have a unless you're in a city with like a night scene or something but even still it's yeah not great for things you need to get done when the sun is out
1: yeah yeah (laughs) so you you've i guess you started in 2014 that sounds about right (laughs) yeah Um, i believe so and you you've made you've made waves since you, you know, in, in a short time and working with some, some of the biggest names in the industry. Do you have any aspirations as to like, you know, do you have a a dream project in comics?
2: I honestly have been very, very fortunate and lucky up until I got to work on the dreaming DC or Marvel. One of the big two, that was one of my big goals just because I feel like everyone's got that goal in mind. I mean, some people don't. Some people want to do the indie route and do something there where they create something from the ground up, which I'd love to do too. That's one of my goals. I'd, I'd love to write and draw my own thing at some point. I'm very rusty at writing though. So I don't know when I'll get around to that. But yeah, this past year I got to do a short with Marvel and then I got to, or I'm working with DC right now, which is Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was yeah. I wasn't expecting it. I I am not a confident person, <laughs> cool. but uh, so ev- everything feels like a surprise, and I'm just I, I I know I'm overly um, overly thankful in my email sometimes, and I'm trying to get to reduce that where I'm not thanking everyone for an opportunity <laughs> or something because <laughs> they will not think I'm genuine, and and I would hate for that to happen because. I'm constantly just blown away by stuff that's happening or stuff I'm getting to do or draw or work on. I I'm very grateful for it all and I I I'm, I'm happy people enjoy my work. I'm happy they keep they
1: keep coming back and asking me to do more. So how has you do cons and you know hopefully those still after all this crap is over with, remain a thing in the comics community, how has your interactions with fans been? Has that been interesting, especially going from somebody who, I guess, primarily just did online stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, prior to to doing comics, maybe you were an artist alley or something like that, but now you have the, you know, this breadth of work that you can kind of (laughs) show off. So how has that been? It's it's been amazing. It's been very positive.
2: I've not run into any negative interactions with people at conventions. All my conventions have been really positive, and knock on wood, nothing has gone wrong. And I, I just started doing conventions. I I, I don't remember when. I want to say three or four years ago, and to get to a convention then was really the unthinkable for me. I, just to do a quick run through. I grew up and had anxiety and panic attacks that kind of limited me from traveling a lot or meeting a lot of people. And I I reached a point where I just kind of hit the end of my line and I asked my dad to actually fly with me to Seattle because, hey, if you're going to go big, fly somewhere. And the first time I've ever flown in, uh, I think it was like 20 years, I was like, hey, I want to go to a convention and meet some people I started working with. And I, I actually went through it, which no one thought I was going to do. My dad actually didn't even make the, the the purchase to. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting words. He didn't buy the plane tickets as fast as I had signed on to do this, and it was a couple months before it happened. And I was like, "Are we still doing this?" And he's just, "Are you still doing this? <laughs> you, you're really going to do this? You really want to do this?" And I, I was, I had my mind made up, and. We went up there, and I was a gross, sweaty, even more nervous sounding than I am right now. But that's as
1: everybody I, at a convention. <laughs> it, it's very true, but I
2: was <laughs> in my own headspace, and I was worse off than anybody else there. I, 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 I know I was gross and sweaty, and just feel, probably looked like some feral thing introducing myself to people I worked with, but everyone was so nice and happy to meet me and i was happy to meet them and i got to just put names to faces and ever since then i went to emerald city every year since then except this past one unfortunately and yeah conventions have been great and i i have never expected to miss them when they don't happen or when i go a few months without seeing people because my life for the majority of it just was ruled by anxiety and a lack of enjoying public spaces and public gatherings. So, just it, it sounds corny, but conventions really uh, saved some sort of a part of my life and opened doors for me.
1: That's and, that's amazing. Yeah, that, that's, I, that's actually really cool.
2: It's it's amazing to me, but just speaking it out, I don't know if it's gonna, if people are gonna think I'm just exaggerating all this. But n- no, it it was a big thing for me, and I'm just yeah, this I can't believe I did it still, and I can't believe I'm still doing it. I mean, I'm, I've gone from not believing that I'm doing it to I'm enjoying doing this. I this feels right. I enjoy seeing those people. I enjoy tabling. I, I I never thought I would do, do that. And I, I enjoy tabling than just going and walking around because I, I still have some trouble, but I, I, I prefer tabling because that gives me that little hub that I can hide from the crowds and everything and just sit back there and you know meet people that come up to my table or just say hi to people I've worked with. It's, it's
1: great. That's awesome. And you kind of have a home base and you can kind of just relax and let people come to you. And Mm -hmm. one one thing about the conventions, I mean, your work speaks for itself. It's fantastic. And, you know, people, (laughs) you know, definitely take notice when they see it, but I'm sure a lot of getting new opportunities comes from being there and going, you know, kind of shaking hands and saying hello and, Mm -hmm. uh, when they people don't want to work with people that they don't know, sometimes or yeah, that's, they want to get a feel for them. Uh huh. So that's, it's good. It's good that you were able to do that. It probably definitely puts you on a few more radars. Yeah, I, I think so. And I,
2: I'm I'm happy that that I could I can do that. I can invest in uh, convention networking. I guess you'd call it. Because that's again, that's something I never thought I'd do. It's something I never thought I could do. It, it's so odd. Just comics have been—I never thought I could do comics, and I never thought I could do conventions. And here I am doing them, and I—I'm I, proud of myself, which is strange to say. So not to—I I, don't—I don't know. Just I'm—I'm I'm really happy that things have gone this way. I wish they've—they'd have gone there sooner, but you know that's. You, you can't change time or whatever. So that's no use. in am worrying about that. We're, I'm, I'm doing good now. So.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that's really inspirational. So, so have you been able to kind of push yourself on like getting out there a little bit more yeah, now yeah. that you've kind of crossed that threshold of going to conventions and stuff like that?
2: Yeah. It's, it's been a big help with my anxiety and everything. i I've gotten so much better in the past years, ever since I started working in comics. So I think I'm going to forever connect overcoming anxiety, social anxiety, or all aspects of it to comics. So, so I'll probably be in comics forever. <laughs> and, and just it, it's, it's got good vibes to it right now. So, Oh,
1: yeah. I, I, and some of the nicest people in the world.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I hate that we're all sprawled out when conventions are over. especially me because i'm in the middle of nowhere and everyone just oh we're all heading back to la or new york or we live in seattle and i'm just like oh okay
1: (laughs) i love it when i get an opportunity to speak to a uh, fellow southerner just because it is kind of a rare thing there's so many people from the pacific northwest that we interview oh yeah Uh, it seems like you could throw a rock up there and hit a an indie creator or something like that i know it's so weird
2: that portland is the big comic hub for some reason oh yeah i'm, I'm sure there's a reason but i'm not sure of it
1: they kind of uh, there there was a stu- there's a studio up there that, oh yeah um, uh, some of those guys started and Helioscope? it just kind of drew more and more people there yes yeah, yeah i forget yeah yeah they've changed the names like three or four times but something scope and yeah yeah, uh, yeah those really, are, those really are great. great folks.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, I, I get to meet a few of them when I go up to Emerald City, so that's always cool. It, I, I I wouldn't mind a studio. I think I'd like to be part of one just to get that interaction with other creators because that, that's something I feel I miss being self-taught. I, I never really had that community that where you can just work off each other and just get tips and advice at like hands reach you can just like hey come over here and see this and let me see what you think and oh let me show you what I'm working on blah 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 I never had that really I mean online you have forums and stuff but it's just something different
1: do you have a sounding board I guess you don't have a sounding board when when you're working from home
2: then. no I use well I have friends that I chat with kind of frequently but I feel like when I worked on Euthanauts, our editor Shelly Bond, she really liked to uh, video chat and just go through stuff, and I really enjoyed doing that. I don't know why a face face to face thing really kind of felt better for me. I don't know if I'm if I read text wrong or read too much into it, or if I if well, you, just,
1: could, you could you can get so much more from like a facial expression and yeah stuff like that. There there's you know, you you don't really get the subtext or or the you can't understand uh, sarcasm or whatever if it's just written.
2: Yeah, it's so.
1: it's, it's a different
2: um, take, and I, I do miss that. But it's it's not everyone's thing anymore. We we are very much a text society nowadays. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I I really enjoyed it though. I I think I might do well in a studio if I ever escaped from small town life but I, i'm not sure about that right now especially especially right now now
1: oh yeah yeah it's it's i don't think anybody's escaping anytime soon as much no. as uh, and, and good stay inside yeah yeah oh man it's so unfair uh, i don't want to get into it i don't want to bum you out just the news i know
2: <laughs> and it's everywhere so it's hard to escape for a minute
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you've really kind of made a lot of just kind of like personal leaps and everything and a bunch of really cool stuff, just getting into <laughs> comics so that it's, it's really fan- fantastic. So what is your process for, for your art? I understand you do most, I, I guess you do mostly digital.
2: Yeah. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm a hundred percent digital. I, I, I do sketches at conventions just because it's, I, I want to do it. I, I mean, I, I would, I'd love to do more traditional work, but I grew up doing digital work and it just feels like home. And when I get away from it too long, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like I lose my voice. So I, 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 stick to pixels and tablets. They work for me.
1: Nice. Nice. And uh, I've seen your sketches and they're fantastic. So Uh, you're, you're not like having to hide your ability with, with your digital work. I mean, (laughs) you come by your digital work very honestly with, you know, sound fundamentals in your, in your physical art. (laughs) So what, what what programs do you use when you, when you do your stuff?
2: I use Photoshop and clip studio. Those are my two go-tos and I, I've. Found myself using Photoshop a lot more because it's there's a texture element that I can't quite get in Clip Studio yet, and I, I've been really into texture work lately. I've been getting to explore it a lot more with the dreaming. I I, I, can't, I can't wait for people to see what I'm doing, and I ho- hope they like what I'm doing. And our color or my colorist Matt Lopez, he's doing some great colors on my ink work. But uh, yeah, I, I use Photoshop mostly for inking and when I want to get a little out of the box with the inks and add texture and just get something that's not so crisp. That's that's what I use Clip Studio for, for more line art and things that need to be really tidy. I, can, I feel like I can really get in there and clean stuff up. And then, then I take it over to Photoshop and just throw texture all over it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird balance I get between them. Just trying to find that that thing that does it for me that I can just yeah, that's that's what I wanted.
1: Nice. You you don't listen to books on tape or anything, but do you listen to music while you while you work? Oh yeah, it's it's gotta be on really. What what do you listen to? I listen to a lot of instrumental stuff.
2: Okay, I, uh, like Studio Ghibli film scores or. Uh, a lot of video game scores or just instrumental stuff really allows me to tune out, but have that thing that it's, it's not white noise. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty white noise. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, not I,
1: elevator music. No, no, it's, it's, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I forgot what I was going to say. Well, I, um, I've I've heard people using uh video game scores as, as a, just because it seems like a, a means to just drive whatever they're working on forward. Yeah, Seems it, like there's forward progression there.
2: Yeah, they've got. I guess there's more of a narrative element that's strong in video games because you have to kind of. There's, I guess, like you'd say, like menu screen music, and that's that's more elevator type music, just because it's 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 flavored for that. But uh, you can get a lot of range with video game scores, especially if one, if ones you've played before, and if you can kind of hit the emotional beats with the score to what you're working on, that that's always great. And that That's something I'm not great at. Some people like to really like make a playlist and this is going to play perfectly for everything I'm doing. Da, da, da. And I just, I've never been able to do that too well. I just kind of, I'll, I'll just pick a movie or, like zelda or something and just let it run and it just kind of drops me into that spot where i need to be to focus and and kind of drown out everything else that might grab my attention
1: leanne williams tends to put like massive playlist up for her for the things that her projects that she's working on i'm like oh my gosh you've put a lot of thought into this I mean, I love them because Teeny made one for Euthanauts, and I played that oh, thing nice. all the time. What was what was on the euthanauts? 'Cause Because uh, it seems like Teeny has good
2: taste in music. She does. David Bowie was a huge inspiration for that. The nice. whole the nice. Black Star album. Oh um, man, that was so good. Mm-hmm. And I'm blanking out on the rest right now because it's it was a lot. Oh, it's it a while
1: ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was talking to Jimmy Palmiotti about stuff and I felt like such a goober because we were talking about music he listens to when he when he does his work, when he writes and I mentioned a, a do metal band that I'm a big fan of. <laughs> He's like, this fan did he, he like clicked it and I guess he had bought the album while I was talking about him because I was like talking them up really big and <laughs> they're so like they're glacially paced do metal and <laughs> <laughs> they're they're called sun but they're it looks like sun o because it's they were named after um a, a type of speaker okay like a big cabinet speakers but yeah they're just it, i went to see them live and i could have sworn that my feelings in my mouth had, were like falling out It was so loud and so just like crawling, just (laughs) it was uh, it was an amazing experience. But I love listening to stuff like that as as I write just to kind of get an atmosphere. Yeah. To get a mood. Mm -hmm. Um, And lately, this is this is my new favorite thing. This is a dorkiest thing ever on. We have like the NASA channel. Yeah. And you can get a live uh view from the international space station really so (laughs) i'll turn the lights off and Mm -hmm. i have the tv like the glow from the tv it's just like Mm -hmm. the blue glow of the world and you're like looking down it's so peaceful and it's not nerdy i love it it's the most awesome thing ever and yeah it just kind of gets you into a headspace and i'm like i can knock out a page or two yeah, that's 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 the chase. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get finding something that gets you in the zone. So yeah. you 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 want to eventually write? Have, have you had any experience with that so far?
2: No, not yet. That's that's an area of creation that I've not really got to explore lately. I, I used to write a lot more years ago, but now every time. It's the same kind of problem. If I start writing, I get thinking I could be drawing or something. So I've been kind of talking with some friends, and they suggested that I maybe try and do like thumbnails and layouts for a comic that I want to write and kind of write alongside of it, just kind of do both simultaneously. Which, well, it...
1: luckily for us, I found your old fanfiction on Tumblr, and I would like to. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> That's, that's something I've never done actually. oh man I, uh, I'm one of the few I I, I haven't done that as my, myself either but I've seen some really questionable I'm like how <laughs> would you put this character through that? <laughs> well I, I mean any
2: um I guess <laughs> IT work starts as fan
1: fiction and
2: kind of yeah yeah <laughs> so it, it's it's a good starting point for a lot of young writers.
1: And, and some some stuff should have remained fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but I was reading a really bad run the other day. And I was like,
2: oh, no, oh, don't goodness. start naming stuff.
1: <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> I want to talk to that. Everything else I've read by them has been aces. But this, I was like, why? What were you thinking? <laughs> and I hope to ask that person that person face to face one day. No, I would I would never put anybody <laughs> on the spot like that. Oh no. That's that's a nightmare. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I like you're you're never going to, you know, bat a thousand. And you know, sometimes I know that I'm not reading stuff in the right headspace. I'm like, yeah. somebody else is going to enjoy that, but it's not for me.
2: Yeah. I mean, it took me so long to appreciate Mike Mignola and Hellboy, and that's like one of my favorite comics. Really? Comments. Yeah. Just I, I felt like I was really what's the word? I was I was like bougie <laughs> way back when, <laughs> just because I grew up wanting to be a, like painter and paint the most photorealistic bloody blah paintings, which I shouldn't say bloody blah, but I'm just trying to get my point
1: across. I'm sorry, so, Mr. New Yorker cartoonist guy. Yeah, uh, right. The, the awesome Frankenstein monsters in. Mike Manolia's or whatever's art is not enough for you, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just,
2: I read it at, at a wrong time and then I found it at the right time and I, 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 I actually got to go say hi to him a few years ago and I was so nervous and I just, he inspires me so much now. I, I don't know what I was thinking back then. It was. I hear he's a good dude too. Yeah. I, have <laughs> you seen his um, sketches he's been posting
1: yes yes it is so fun seeing kermit just, and yeah um in that style
2: yeah that's amazing but yeah i've even in recent years i've come to appreciate more surrealistic surrealism and that type of work and i've, I've it's just been something i've been chasing a lot more recently i'm i'm wanting to expand and just mature my art to a different place i, I, I always feel like i'm Chasing something, and i, I know I'm never going to catch it. That's the whole part of being an artist. You're never going to get that per- perfect level of that 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 shape that's in your head that's perfect and there's not a flaw on there. You're never going to catch that, but that, that's how you get better. So, I've been trying to look at more look at work that's not quite to mirror my own work and just pull from that and find the love that they include in their work and just find what makes it tick and see if it works for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny you bring that up. I noticed that one of the books you have has covers from uh, Bill Sankavich in it. And yeah, I, I don't know. Cause I know comics, you know, you, you not didn't start out as a huge comics nerd, but Back in the day, man, his art went from, you know, just standard Marvel style to really breaking some boundaries with his New Mutants run and his Mm. Elektra and Daredevil and all that stuff. And I think he actually had to like hide his work up until like the last minute before they published it (laughs) because it was so
2: out there. Yeah, I remember hearing that he had to fight for a lot of it and he's been posting these little videos where he just kind of chats up what he went through and his process and those have been really great to see and just I can't believe we got him for a cover for dreaming that's
1: oh, man, he's amazing. fantastic and yeah. he seems like an artist artist like yeah he it, you don't get style without having fundamentals first mm-hmm yeah you can some people say they have a style but it's it's you know they try to do something else and they don't have the fundamentals to back it up i remember i used to help out at a, a music studio and uh, the engineer was talking to the bass player and said hey man do you mind running back that last track and re-recording that for me he's like Oh, i like this it's 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 a little jazzy and I I could see the audio engineer just grating (laughs) and the producer stood up out of his chair, the guy that was producing the album and was like, that wasn't jazzy. That was shit. (laughs) You see the guy's heart just completely crushed into a thousand pieces, but it was like, he didn't understand what he was doing. He was making the entire track muddied he mm-hmm. didn't have the fundamentals to to know what he was doing. So, it, the fact that he was doing kind of something off the beaten path, he he didn't know how to how to back it up.
2: Yeah, that's something some artists run into. I, I, it's it's a, it's something I see every now and then where people say they it's their style and it's it could be, but fundamentals are important. You need to get those down before you start pursuing you've got to learn the rules before you can break them is the thing I always think about
1: exactly yes yes so man do you have anything coming up that that you that you can talk about outside of the the dreaming not really
2: the superman short I did it's supposed to be coming out around I actually actually don't have a date for it it's in the summer what what is that going to be in I believe it's going to be in the the Walmart anthology. Oh, sweet. I believe.
1: That's so cool.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited to see that.
1: See, stuff like that is what is missing from comics in general. Because when I was a kid, you know, you get them off the spinner rack. And Mm -hmm. it was a great place to find new comics and, you know, go, oh, I I didn't like that, but it was just, you know, it wasn't a huge buy-in point. So, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I'll get something else next time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Them having those, you know, those big issues at Walmart is much crap as people talk about Walmart. Everybody goes to Walmart, especially if you live in a small town, yep, you—that's where you get everything. You go into town, you get—you get all your crap at Walmart, and then you go home. You drive the thirty minutes back home. So, that's great to expose kids to to sequential art and, and so sequential storytelling. So, especially yeah, when lately it's only on the TV. mm mm-hmm, you know, These these characters. There's. There's not a comic
2: shop around here either. I have to drive an hour and a half to get to the my oh, local wow. one. But yeah, so seeing them in stores and just Walmart's like the biggest store in my town. So if they start, I I don't know if I've seen them there. I, I feel like I've seen them in another store around here. But just having those in my town is great.
1: Yeah, that's 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 amazing.
2: Yeah, and we we all uh, have I'm a. Sorry.
1: No, no, go ahead, man.
2: I was just going to say, we don't have a local shop for comics, and I barely see bookshops around anymore. Oh, so, yeah. You know? Yeah, if we Walmart's, didn't that if Walmart's got them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think they're normally like around where they there's like trading cards, like a little section that has trading cards and the little bobblehead things that people mm-hmm. buy that uh, I'm not a, I don't buy stuff. Because I, I just don't want to have to keep up with it. If I get stuff, it's because somebody else bought it for me. I'm, I'm a cheap mm-hmm. bastard. But <laughs> I will buy books and I will buy comics. And mm-hmm. I, if I buy a book, it's something like, oh, I, I normally end up giving it to somebody to read. So I'm like, hey, I like mm-hmm. this book. You, you read this book now. You have to have this yeah. experience. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have a favorite book, like something that that inspires you?
2: Just, I read mostly comics is
1: what I have to
2: grab, like in arm's reach for inspiration. I've not done a lot of reading, unfortunately. But yeah, I go through comics. I have, right now, I have the Sandman books in arm's reach. And have you ever read Alex Alice's Siegfried books? I have not. I have not. Those are gorgeous. You should check those out if you're into mythology and fantasy.
1: I'll definitely have to check that out. So yeah. Alex Alice's? Yeah, Alex Alice. Okay, cool, cool. I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, um, they're from Arkea. Uh, okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So I, man, I don't want to keep keep you too much later because it's starting <laughs> to get kind of late. I really enjoyed talking to you today and you guys definitely check out the Dreaming is, forgive me, is, the... Uh, Sorry. It is the dreaming waking hours. That's it. <laughs> and you guys, G. Willow Wilson, Nick Robles. It's looks like it's going to be amazing. Nick, you have anything else to say before we we head on out? No, I'm good.
2: Just keep an eye out for more dreaming news and we'll we'll be yelling about it when we get it or
1: when we can share stuff. Dude, I'm so stoked for this book. All right. Wow. Nick, thank you it. again. It's been a pleasure we will give you a, we'll give you a shout out when, when we drop this and we'll probably drop it like right before it comes out, which I believe mm-hmm. is may, I guess is it I guess tentative tentatively out on May 6th. Yeah. We're,
2: we're going to put it out as soon as we can confidently and the uh, world's a little chaotic right now, but we're all excited for you guys to check it out.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So man, I'm stoked about this book. Thank you again for talking <laughs> to us. I'm stoked. We've, right. we've got so much. <laughs> Take it easy, brother, and get some rest, and I'm going to go crash myself. All right. You get some rest, too, man. All right. See uh, you. Bye. I
0: don't know why. What are you waiting on? <laughs> uh, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's funny because they started They started their conversation talking about where they're from, Casey being from Alabama and Nick being from Louisiana, so they're both two Southern boys just chatting it up. Oh, man. <laughs> that was good times, a, though. An two accent, good times. Would they both have an accent? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Casey's but accent isn't real pronounced. He can make it pronounced, but it's not. Oh, sure. He has but, that slow draw of a Southerner, though. Yeah. So, Johnny. Yeah. How do you like Casey's slow draw of a Southerner? <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> it's Dude, when I uh, – all right, Casey, I love you. But when I edit the podcast, he's once he's done – and I because yeah. I always edit it at, like, you know, one and a half speed to, to 1.75 speed. Right. Right? And on him, when I edit it at 1.75 speed, he sounds normal. <laughs>
2: <You> <laughs>
0: so sound like a Yankee a normal now. <laughs> oh he, my he God. has a way of drawing things out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! Yeah, It's hilarious. I love it. He's, you know, he does a good job. He does a great job. But I would be—I have to mock him for his slow, his slow talk because it's just—he needs it. You got You got to take him down a peg. Hey, people make fun of me for my fast talk all the time. So, yeah, because sometimes you can't (laughs) like wait. What? (laughs) Sometimes it's just a blur of words with no spaces. Well, that which was is, a lot of fun listening to uh, to Nick and Casey talk, and yeah, and it is really interesting to see all the pl- things that he's done and and how he starts and ends his, his work, and yeah, and so yeah, go to nickrobinsart dot com and check out his art because if you haven't seen it before, which you probably have. It's it's really amazing. Yeah, he does a great job. I mean, just look up the name and what pops up, you'll be like, oh wow, this guy can. Knows his can, craft. This guy knows his craft. He can put ink to paper pretty well. <laughs> he can put ink to paper. I, for <laughs> one, cannot. <laughs> right? Oh no! You you can put ink to paper, just not well. I can't even even write well. <laughs> right. Like I can't even form letters on the page very well anymore. My handwriting <laughs> is getting atrocious. Dude, my handwriting is terrible. The older I get, the worse it gets because I think because I'm just on the computer all the time. Right? I don't I don't write a lot. So it's like, no. when I do write, I'm like, how do I form letters again? Oh, and my <laughs> cursive is embarrassing. Oh, man. Like, my mom has this beautiful cursive handwriting and everything, you know. And, um, yeah, mine is not. Yeah, my, Kaylee, my wife, your niece, has beautiful handwriting when she wants to. When she wants to, like, do calligraphy, it's great. Even when she writes normal, it's great. And I write, yeah. it, and I'm like, wow, I look like, a, I look like a, a child with a broken handwriting. When did you and figure out you could draw? When I draw, um I started I was I don't know I always I was always drawing I was drawing at like four or five years old and drawing pictures from my grandpa and yeah uh, I started drawing like superhero stuff in like eight nine years old when I got comic books from my dad yeah so I just always was drawing and then did you start I, tracing first because I know a lot of great artists will trace first and then it starts to just kind of move its way over uh no I did trace some so I got an art book when I was like 11 years old and in it, it had tracing paper and it um, had you trace things first and it had you build things out with like a grid system. Yeah. And I traced like two things in it, but then I, I didn't like doing that because I felt like I was cheating. Yeah. And so I just, so I went back, I went back to, I just used the grid system instead of tracing it on the paper. And then I also didn't like drawing on tracing paper because it was thin yeah. and it felt weird and I kept on ripping it with a pencil. Uh, so I just, I did a lot of like, copying by looking at something and then drawing it next yeah. to it you know i think the tracing though is for repetition isn't it it is it is it and is definitely a skill people want you you know you, people say to use because it, it puts that into your brain but i just couldn't do it as a kid and it's never i mean i've i have traced some stuff um over the last like 20 years just to like get the line worker on it right and practice that and then do my own but really i i just never did it as a kid because my, my brain i was like oh this is just cheating i should i should if i can't draw it i shouldn't be able to do this yeah you know? <laughs> That's kind <laughs> of funny. That's so weird because really it's about muscle memory. And if you could it is. trace it and, and, and you know, just practice. And I remember because it's like when I was in seventh, eighth grade, junior high, I could draw. Like I could actually, you know what I mean? I wish I could have this one picture I did of Batman and the Joker and it looked incredible. I mean, yeah. I'm not too to my own hole it, it just did. It just looked incredible. It was probably the best drawing I ever did. And it wasn't, you know, it. It was stylized, so it was a little e- easier, and it was, I don't know. It, it just looked really cool. It was all black and white, and it looked really good. And I could do, like, uh, Roger Rabbit. I could do Roger Rabbit, like, perfect. Nice. Anytime. You know what I mean? And nice. then you stop drawing, and I don't know, because it wasn't a skill that I fell in love with. You know what I mean? Right. Now I try to draw, and I just can't even, I can't do 100th. <laughs> of what I did then You know See, I, I, c- I stopped drawing for years Because my I am playing guitar Because my wrist I I, I had wrist problems And I couldn't I just I physically couldn't do it Because it hurt That's an easy joke We're not going to go there But yeah I know I know I know But then I um, <clears throat> I Had this surgery on my elbow And it like changed everything Oh nice Like I was able to play guitar so again So it wasn't was really your wrist It was your elbow that was messed up Well it was, it was the nerve Going through my elbow The cavity yeah. of my elbow That was being pinched Which was causing the pain in my wrist Yep so I got that fixed, and then all it was like well, as soon as it healed, I could draw again. I could, I could play guitar again. It was, it was literally life changing for a surgery for me because I, I I had spent like several years not being able to, to play guitar for more than like three minutes before my hand started hurting, and then I yeah. couldn't draw because after drawing for like the concentration it would just would just cause pain. But and then I had the surgery, and I was like, oh wow, I can actually do this stuff again. Which is why I started, you know, drawing comics again. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, guys, I think that's a show, Johnny. That's the show. If you guys like what you heard Get on over to Spoilerverse.com Check out all our wares uh, There's a bunch of podcasts on there Maybe check out Bridging the Geekdom uh, Those guys are all in on the Snyder Cut That's coming out on HBO Max You want to find out what's going on with the Snyder Cut Go to listen And then look yeah. for articles From Robert Slavinsky and Bridging the Geekdom Or just message him on Twitter Slavinsky, And he'll, he'll happily talk to you about it all day long Oh yeah <laughs> what else can they do there they uh, want to read articles and they want to read reviews and previews of stuff coming out and thought pieces and paranormal stuff they can read all that on the website free of charge any time of day we don't close we're open 24 hours and they can also click on that store link and go to our store get a t-shirt or a a hoodie or a mug or whatever to help support the show help pay the bills here and help keep the lights on for us and that's very appreciative there you guys go alright Johnny you know what time it is I do In oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and read more. It's weird, I just woke up and my voice is all gravelly. Ah.